Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. How are you today? It's a beautiful day here in the Keys. I'll um, give you a brief news. A horrible accident. There was a horrible accident yesterday on the stretch. The road that leaves the mainland and comes across the uh, southernmost reaches of the Everglades, marshlands, and stuff like that. Uh, to the Keys. It's called the Stretch. It's about, let me see, 15 miles of road, uh, two lanes, north and south, one north, one south, with two passing sections. Two passing sections where slower traffic can go off to the right and the faster traffic can go to the left. And um, oh, that's my neighbor. Right there, if you hear that noise in the background. So, yesterday, it seems right after one of the the passing sections where they give you the extra lane to pass, when uh, immediately following it, there was a head-on collision. The roads are separated by a concrete barrier, so someone must have got turned around on one of the side roads. There are a couple side roads, and they came out, and they were heading north on the southbound lane and it caused two deaths and that's in the Dade County side of uh, at right around mile marker 113 is when they have the breakdown between Monroe County which I live reside in and Dade County which is Miami Homestead Florida City so when that happens there's you know everyone it's if you're in a small town, you I guess you do know that, but because it's we have such a tenuous lifeline with the road, you know, your instinct you hear that it's an accident and easy you go, Oh, look, some idiot. But once you hear there's a fatality or a serious injury, you kind of hopefully you get that kind of feeling that people empathy for people and saying, Yo, two people died. Yeah, someone made a bad mistake going north in the southbound lane. But that's not 
you know, let's not forget our humanity. So we had to deal with that for a couple hours. Seemed kind of, uh, yesterday at work, seemed kind of muted in the evening at least. But that's the time of year. We got, we're coming up on Memorial Day and it's, uh, we're going to get a little more traffic for the summer on the weekends. And we did have a busy one last weekend too. Also, um, what's that? I wanted to talk about, uh, once again, I got the question from someone. Is that a good, uh, you know, pointing to a menu, is that good? And I always feel like leaning in and saying to him, oh, it's nice that you pointed it out. Because every so often we like to put things that aren't good on the menu. And that's one, no. I said halfway between that. I said, no, they're, they're all good. The way we build the menu is that we try to build different taste profiles. So, you know, there's something for everyone. So if you don't like seafood, try the chicken. If you don't like spicy, try some a little more mild. Don't go to Fra Diablo. That's spicy. So people say, should I get I said, should I get blackened? I, I don't like a lot of pepper and all that stuff. I said, nope, you most certainly not should not get blackened. Should, you should not get blackened. Should not not get blackened. That's a double negative. And so whenever any people ask, like, is that a good item? Is this good? I said, well, listen, if you like the items in it, generally people like the the whole thing. You shouldn't eat anything that, if you don't like artichokes, don't get something with artichokes in it. Or you're not a fan of fried food. Don't get it fried. Well, I want I want this, but I, I'm really not good with that. Well, you don't have to get it that way. Let's try, let's think about this. But generally, everything, on most menus when people have it, they don't have like, well, we got three items on our menu that will taste like shit. Nope. I can almost certainly guarantee you if it's on their menu, most of the time, they'll be able to prepare it the way they intended to prepare it. So maybe you shouldn't ask. You don't have to ask that question. Is this a popular item on your menu? That's a good question. But then again, do you want to follow everyone? Sometimes they say, well, I notice it's on your menu, but a lot of people don't order it. Well, sometimes they don't like curry. If they don't like curry, they're not going to order it. It's for someone that likes curry. We have a coconut-encrusted preparation for fish. And it has a curry raisin sauce. So if you don't like curry, don't get it. So yesterday, I was thinking about how... I changed over the years, and and people change. People do change, and I had a long history of being a people pleaser. And that's one of the qualities of people with anxiety, being a people pleaser. And I don't really feel as if I'm a people pleaser to the magnitude Oh, we have a low-flying aircraft. I don't know if you hear that, but... I've had a long history of people-pleasing. 
trying to, I guess that's a way of trying to get people to like you. And it's exa- you're projecting into the, the, the people around you that they may not like you. So we do these things of people pleasing. And it, it's also kind of like retroactively setting the table for anxiety. Because if you're not pleasing the person, then that creates more anxiety. Now, once you get away from people pleasing, he goes, listen, sometimes you got to think in your head, hey, there's not no amount of kindnesses or thoughtfulness or empathy I can show to some people to make them happy or like me or content, whatever the goal is. Case in point, uh, I'm not talking about pleasing people So at this point, but uh, yesterday we had... Uh, I worked all day. I'm not trying to get your empathy. It was 11 and a half hours. Not a long day for me. But I'm on my feet. Luckily, I can handle that really well. Have some energy at the end of the day, too. I'm working with uh, my coworker, and we work well together. And during the daytime, when we have, it's just me and another person and the owner. We're a smaller restaurant. And we got our kitchen people. So if we get three, four, five, six tables, it gets kind of busy there. Which is fine for us. We like that. So we double teams. I come from behind the bar. I make sure people get their drinks. Make sure they're seated. Make sure they have their menus. Start telling them a little about the what's available. Point out the specials. And things like that. Move on. I try to be useful, not being people pleaser to my, I'm just trying to be efficient with my coworker. So we get a six top coming. They're older people. They look like they've been on the road for a while. They don't seem familiar. They look like maybe they're driving down. They could be driving down. I don't know where they, we didn't get in a conversation. But six of them came in. Five sat down. One was standing up. A taller, and I said they were older people. So I go over and talk to them. I take their order. Most of them, they, they want refreshments. They don't want cocktails or anything like that. So I start working on it and uh, writing down their orders. And the, there's one gentleman who decides not to sit down. After a while, I realize, oh, he probably has, you know, his you know, circulation issues or something. He just needs to stand for a while. And he stood for a significant amount of time. If they were there for 45 minutes... I mean, I don't think he stood when he was eating, but he stood for at least 30 minutes. So he ordered something with tea, and then he asked for, I need lemons. So it was fine. Fine, I'll get you lemons. So I went and got him that, gave him their their sodas and, and things like that. And later on, I'm working the bar. I have some people at the bar, but then I go out and make the rounds and make sure they're... they're the person, the server I'm working with, makes sure she gets the orders, she puts them in, and makes sure the food comes out. And then I go and check the drinks. I go, you know, I'm back and we back each other up, make sure there's nobody waiting. So I look around, looking at the drinks. I say, oh, and there's a table. They need to have their drinks refilled because they had a couple tables come in. And the server wasn't able to get back. But, you know, I'm not going to sit back and watch work the whole time. 
without me doing anything. So I go and start refilling everything. And I go around and get a pitcher, bring some tea, fill up the glass. I run out. The gentleman's there. I said, oh, I see you need some tea. And he goes, yes, and I need some lemons. I said, I'll be right back with it. And he goes, I need some more lemons. I said, he says, I'll make it easier. And I go, don't worry, I have it. And he follows me back to the drink station. And I said, sir, I don't know if I said sir, but I said, listen, this isn't my first rodeo. I will remember your lemons. And he goes back to his table. Because I don't really feel like being shadowed. So with that comment right there, I just realized I may have cast off the la- one of the last vestiges of my people-pleasing thing. I like to really set the tone when people come in, but I don't necessarily have to have people to like me. I just go and do my job. And, you know, if they're ready to have a good time and stuff like that, if they're not upset, you know, if they're not uh, focused on their lemons all the time and things like that, I'm, I'm there to play along too. But I realized that how important it is for me to to feel liked is not up there in the top five anymore. It's not, it's not one of those things. My most important thing is to stay kind of authentic to who I am. Doing the things I like to do, not really causing any angst or pain for other people doing my job, doing my job well and not wasting it on phony salutations or greetings or things like that. I can go and talk to somebody and if I really am impressed by that person, I can tell them, you know, hey, listen, I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. And, I, you know, I'm very open with my praise of people. But I don't have to be. If they don't want, if people don't want to be uh, interactive, I don't get offended by it. I don't feel a need to pull them out of their shell. They are where they are, and I can leave them there. I just got to make sure I get the information I need to do it to, to fulfill their needs. Meaning, if they want to drink, if they want to order, how do they want to order? And then you got to look at people and say, "Listen, you're." Uh, when they're ordering, they go say, "Are you ordering the thing that you think you can get?" And I said, "Listen, we we are not a big restaurant, but we are flexible. So, what would you like, and how would you like it? Because we can do that. Sometimes we make mistakes on some of the small things. If you're wanting to veg- the mixed vegetables, you don't want any carrots every so often." There's going to be carrots in there. Well, you don't like carrots. You're going to have to pick them out. You're going to have to put on your big boy pants, big girl pants, and pick out those carrots. But don't let it ruin your time. We're going to try our best to get your order correct. And being a smaller place, we don't have that. And our prices, we're not a premium price uh, place, so we don't have a deep field. You can't do that. In order to do that, you know, a lot of places where I told you about the place in the previous episode I went to and they, 
it was a bit pricey, but the service was excellent. The service was excellent. And there's a reason for those things. They have a manager host and they have uh, a server who takes your orders and does some of the delivery. You have a, a busser who refills your drinks and clears it. And you have food runners that come out and bring your food. It's a lot of service going on. And they, I guess they pay the people well. And it, it, and with the price, and with it being a little more pricey, you tip, you tip uh, accordingly. When your bill's two hundred and ten bucks, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a, I'm not effusive. You see, I'm twenty to twenty five percent. I don't have the resources right now to do fifty percent of the bill or hundred percent of the bill. If I had the ability to do it, I think I would. But I would, you know, I'm twenty to twenty five percent for decent service to good service. Exceptional service, I can go above that. But uh, I I don't expect excellence all the time. So I, I don't feel, I don't have that angst afterwards. If I'm not, someone doesn't like me, if they don't like me, they don't talk to me. Yesterday there was someone that came in with his girlfriend, it was her birthday. And I said hello to him several times, and he didn't. The girlfriend was talkative to me, and I I didn't know what the dynamic was going on there. So I'm not offended, though, because we all have bad days. But people-pleasing, if you find yourself in situations where you're expending a significant amount of your energy trying to make people happy, getting things for people. What What's your motivation for doing it? Is it to get them to like you or to alleviate, like if someone had uh, is ill and you're helping them out and you're doing it to help them out, not to curry favor, then you're probably doing it for the right reasons. But a lot of times we spend so much energy trying to get people around there that that really don't play a significant part in our life. Spent trying to get them to like us. And if you're being authentic and you're being real and you're being yourself, that should be enough. Either they like you or not. There's a lot of people that I know that are kind of on, on the surface slightly abrasive and sometimes obnoxious. But I like them because they're authentic. And deep down, they are kind. Deep down, they are kind. They just don't worry about, some of these people don't worry about doing that on the surface. I'm going to move on from there. So if you want to alleviate some anxiety, there's certain aspects, you know, people-pleasing that contribute to it. I still get that anxiety, but that one thing I don't get it as much from people pleasing. I, I think I get it mainly from being low energy and projecting, uh, thinking of the worst case scenario each time. Each time something happens. Instead of saying, I don't know now, there's no reason to project any feeling because I have no information or I have inadequate information. That's another thing I need to work on.
So over the weekend, I had one of the friends of the show, Ted, who's from my neck of the woods and lives down here. Uh, I really enjoyed Ted. He's an authentic person. Um, a lot of times he'll take a little more opposition to my our views of the world diverge sometimes. And I hesitate saying left or right because I'm not exactly sure where Ted comes from sometimes. But I know it's from the heart. So there was a discussion. He he was meeting some friends who happened to be acquaintances of mine. I couldn't call them friends of mine, but Ted would be a friend. And we, we have friendly conversation. We're having debates. And I love a good debate, especially... Uh, towards the end of the night when I don't have a lot to do and I can get involved in it. And we were talking about the cost of living in the Keys. And I'm sure that in your neck of the woods, you're dealing with the same, similar things. But in resort communities all around the world, and I say around the world, not just in the United States, it's hard because housing is a premium Food stuff, a parking is at a premium. When we were in South Beach, that was a decision. They got to pay pay by phone, or you have your valet parking. It's nice if you're gonna, if you're not going to be driving. It's nice using valet parking, just not for worrying about your car. If you trust, if you trust, yes. We had uh, a cutoff of audio for some reason. My whole uh, application stopped about 20 minutes into the podcast. So I just reviewed everything. I'm going to see if I can attach it. So you'll hear a little interruption. So we're having a discussion about the cost of living and how people can afford to live in certain places in Monroe County. We were talking about Key West. Let me clear my throat. And in Key West, out of all the places in the Keys, being all the way hundred and you you know, hundred and twenty six miles uh, down the line is the most expensive and the most everything's more premium. When I say a more premium parking spaces, jobs, rent, food dining out and the discussion was whether someone could live down there on $15 an hour and my friend Ted took a more progressive stance against his other friend who was a business owner saying you can't and the other guy says well no there's people that live down there there's dive instructors and people like that that don't have multiple jobs that work regular 40 hours and they're, they make a living I guess the gross if you make it $15 an hour you're grossing a little over $2,400 a month and after taxes you're netting maybe 18 or something similar to that and some people maybe not pay maybe they, maybe they are netting close to 2000 well, minimum rent for a decent studio in Key West, a one-one, is twenty-five hundred. So you're not going to do it there. You're not going to be able to do it with that job. 
Maybe you can do it with a couple roommates. You get a place, you know, you put in a couple bunk beds. And, and listen, I know a lot of our immigrants do that. And, and they can do it like that. And this guy insisted that there's, he knows people that live by themselves down there. And that's that they're able to make a living. And Ted took the point that you can't. You just can't. So I came in as not necessarily devil's advocate. And I said, yes, um, I think what you're probably trying to express yourself. And I said, it's the Ted. And I said it to the other gentleman. I said, what you probably would, you know, you're, you're the one guy that was a business owner said, I said, you're correct in saying that people can live down there on that money. And I said to Ted, you're correct when you say it's not really that great a life to exist down there at that, or not the kind that we expect. So, yeah, you need to make more than $15 an hour. And I said almost, and so we, so we had this discussion for a while, did a couple of round and rounds talking about what kind, what is living? What is living? You know, someplace else, if you were in third world living conditions, they would be totally happy putting up, you know, living in uh, some uh, run-down, ramshackle property and sharing their space with other people and eating simple food. And they'd probably save a little money, too. But then again, when it's people like that, they normally, if they can do that, they normally work more than 40 hours. And then, you know, they were probably probably making like $800 a week. And so, yeah, a lot of people only work 40 hours a week. They'll, they'll have a minimum expectation of what they expect to understand their living to be. And you can do it. You can do it. I'm, I'm, I do it. You can lower your bills. I, I, I do refinancing every so often in my side job. I mean, I get paper. I do the paperwork, or I notarize the paperwork, and you just lower your expectations. You get a little more pulling on the purse strings, meaning you you start tracking where your money goes. Maybe not eat out as much. I mean, that's kind of doubling down on uh, inflation or, or recession when people stop spending. That's almost the, the textbook explanation of when you go into a recession, when people pull back on their spending. So I, I see that, and I, I, really, I really enjoy that. When you have some, a, a, you know someone and say, wait, one day you seem to be more reactionary in your arguments, and then the next day you're more progressive. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that because that's the way people are. You see, look at looking at a issue and looking at it from both sides. I think it gives you gives you a deeper understanding of the issue itself. Being able to look at both of them. 
And I'm hope, I hope that I'm able to do that because I always had that knee jerk thing where I'd go and discount someone's, let's say, anti progressive views and discount the validity of their arguments. When their argument is their argument, whether it's valid or not, it's still, it's still an argument. And when I say argument, I'm not talking about raising your voice, shouting over someone's argument. I'm saying making an argument like you would in a courtroom. This is the case. This is what I'm going to say. That you can't live a satisfying life down in Key West for minimum wage. You have to be doing this in order to have a quality of life and things like that. And it depends on what you want. Some people, quality of life includes having money to go on vacations. Right? Send money back to the family. Save for retirement. Other people are paycheck to paycheck and they say, listen, this is all I need. I live paycheck to paycheck and that's all, you know, and if something were to happen, I would just let the chips fall where they may. No? And then from... Let's take the argument of something like 50. The minimum wage is what business can afford and you're still allowed to have a profit as a business. You can't give away all your profit in, in salary. Understandable. I understand that. Just this is where we, we are at right now. People are very defined in their stances. And they're rigid. And very few people... And I always said this about historically, the people that don't fare well in in revolutions when things change are the moderates. Are the moderates. Yes, you always think the winning group usually gets the losing group and puts, puts them down some way, tries to imprison and stuff like that. But you know what? The moderates are always screwed. Because whoever, which extreme position wins the moderates are seen as too wishy-washy and cannot be trusted because you can always trust an extremist to do what extremists do but moderate you don't know what they're, where they're going to come down on the issue okay well I'm going to try to paste these two sections together and see what happens and if it does work I'm going to post it. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. I'd like to thank you for listening. I will try to be back tomorrow. Maybe we can do a single podcast. You may not even hear this. I'll save it, though. Let's see what happens. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the great resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, 
groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year, and it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants, everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.